good to be in Texas. So, so good to be in Texas. I see your shirts are, keep standing in it for a moment. San Francisco, okay, should we pray grace or not? My goodness, huh? Well, half of California's moving to Texas. Just tell them to keep their voting in California that Texas could lead the nation. Are you with me? And it's something about Texas. Don't mess with Texas. Amen. You hear that, Satan? You know, or anybody else. I have a word for this young woman right here. You have earrings. Yeah, you just looked at her. It's you. And uh, God has put this on my heart. It's Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. That which he said, will he not do it? And I feel like God's saying, you have asked and asked and asked. Go back to what you have asked for, because it is a yes. It is not a no. His promises are not maybe. It's yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And he is going to set before you an open door that no human would shut. I am God. You're going to see my power, my presence, and my provision like you have never known in your life. I am for you. I'm not against you. So no one can be against you. Go at it again, the Lord says. Can you say amen? Hey, you guys, we met Pastor Dustin and Jamie in Seattle, so we're all four, my wife and I, and Dustin and Jamie are Seahawks fan. and can I just say, Cowboys is not in the Bible, but uh, Seahawks are in the Bible, amen? Uh, it's a, a, a clean animal, kind of, not really, uh, and so can you give it up for your pastors? I believe the greatest pastors in the Metroplex or Pastor Dustin and Jamie. Give it up for your pastors in Jesus' mighty name. You may be seated. Again, my name is Pastor Jude. Uh, I was not raised in Seattle, thank God. Uh, I was raised in Louisiana where they beat their children. They don't give them tofu and broccoli and send them in the corner for a timeout. And so um, my wife and I have been married. It will be 38 years. And so we became youth pastors in the 80s. So how many of you were born in the 80s? All right. All the old people in the house. No one in this church was born in the 80s except Dustin and Jamie. And so uh, we did youth ministry in the 80s, the 90s, uh, and then into the third millennium. We started a church about 13 years ago in Ventura, California. And as we come out of COVID, the church is doing better now than it's ever been. We have three sons. My oldest son, Jude, is 34, and he has two children. He's a youth pastor in California, in Northern California at the Father's House. has probably the largest youth ministry in the nation. My middle son, John and Natalie, live in New York City, and she's pregnant with a girl, and I'm very happy. I told him, you're out of the will. She's in the will. I never wanted three boys. I only wanted one girl. But the devil is a liar. Amen. And so then my youngest son, Jake, is married and he has three sons. 
And uh, he worked for Pastor Jensen Franklin for nine years, met his wife. They've been with us for 18 months. He's over our Bible college, California Coast Bible College, the best Bible college in the world. And I want to say one other thing. Uh, my wife is also from Louisiana. We didn't realize until after we got married, she is my cousin. And so... <laughs> That's what happens down in Louisiana, amen? You go to a family reunion to get a date. So our kids are very good looking, but they're dumb at math, all right? And so don't judge me. Abraham married his half-sister, so that's weird, okay? But we're kind of keeping it in the Bible, amen. Uh, in, under your seat, on your seat, there is a prayer card, and I want you to get this out, and I want you to retrieve it and I made this for you. When I was 22, and in five weeks, I'm going to be 64. And so if you're in your 20s, it's easy to be cute uh, when you're in your 20s. If you're not, uh, I feel sorry for you when you get in your 60s. Uh, but I am a miracle, amen, uh, well-preserved by Jesus Christ. And so when I was 22 years old, 42 years ago, I heard a man uh, from Korea teach on using the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, which is the prayer of the church. In fact, the ancient church fathers, way before the Catholic Church, used the name Catholic, which only means universal. It's speaking of the global church, that this was the prayer for the end times. As apocalyptic times would come, especially one of the phrases in this prayer, lead us not into temptation, deliver us. It did not save from the Republicans, from the Democrats, from Caesar, from Rome, uh, from what's happening in Europe, what's happening in the Middle East, but deliver us from the evil one. In all prayers in the Bible, from Numbers to Psalms to any prayer in the Bible, from Solomon to David, from Aaron to Moses, you could find its seeds in the Lord's Prayer, and millions of people pray it daily. And this isn't something we just kind of go and do as a robot and just kind of say, I'm Father, I'm having a holiday, you know, no, 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 it's not a monologue. You're not on Broadway. It is a dialogue where you're not only speaking, but you pause and you hear God and people are deconstructing their faith because they only hear God through other people. But this is a prayer pattern. You could read it right on the card, right in the middle of this orange thing. It says this is a pattern into the soul of God, the heart of God, the mind of God. And for us, we see God through a glass dimly, Corinthians says, but through this prayer pattern, can I say scales will fall off your eyes. You'll have a Damascus Road experience. You will begin to see the face of God. And when we see the face of God, we're changed from glory to glory. And I don't know why, I just have a hunch today, someone here, you're still battling an addiction. You're going to make God your addiction in 2024, and he's going to break your addiction. You're going to make God your habit. He's going to break your habit, and we're going to get into the very mind of God in the interior of God. Can you say amen? We really do believe this, and I want to encourage you. I have prayed this for over 42 years, and the man said, and I want you to look at this scripture, Luke uh, uh, 18.1. It says, then he spoke a parable to them, 
that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. I believe when we pray, we lose heart. But when we don't pray, we lose heart. But when we do pray, we have heart. And I just sense right now, in these moments, these minutes together, God is going to drop his heart in your heart for Dallas. In the Metroplex will not be the same from the north to the south to the east to the west. Dallas belongs to Jesus. Amen. And we do believe that. Then look at Matthew 26, 40 to 41. It says, he came to his disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me in uh, one hour, watch and pray? The only time in the Bible it puts time to prayer, watch and pray. And the man said, if you pray an hour a day in one year, your life will become supernatural. I'm saying today in our moments together, you may have a dream board. You may know what you're believing God for in 2024. But this prayer pattern has the ability for us to begin to see God's dream board and you and I on the place of his dream board that we could see our lives converted, our world transformed, and Christ come back to the earth. Can you say amen? Let's now go. Pick up your card and we're going to read this scripture. It's Luke 11 verses 1 through 4. He also taught the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, uh, in Matthew chapter 6. And so before we do, let's just make the sign of the cross. Do we have any Catholics out there, former Catholics? No, this is Baptist country, my goodness. But we can do it, say, in the name of the Father and of the Son. Now you go left to right because he came from heaven to earth. So let's start over now, you know. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit say amen and it says this now I came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of the disciples said Lord teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray one of the church's greatest things we should be teaching is prayer and today this is going to be caught more than taught. I am sensing in the atmosphere a spirit of prayer and supplication. And can I say right now, this church will not pray less. In the days ahead, she will pray more. And we now, and, and I don't know if you know, prayer is caught. It's like if your husband, ladies, goes and he stops at the taco truck and eats a burrito for lunch, and he comes home, you go, man, you smell like a taco. Did you eat a burrito today? And he goes, and it's all in the pores of his shirt. Can I tell you right now, your human soul is porous. You are going to catch prayer like you've never known. And the men of this church and the women of this church and the young people of this church are going to be transformed in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So he says this, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples to pray. So he said to them, when you pray, say, say that with me. When you say, shout it out again. When you so you got to say something. And men don't come and say, no, that did not me. It's not my personality. And when all else fails, I guess I'll pray. No, we pray in the morning. We pray in the noon. We pray in a truck. We pray when we're on the throne. We pray in the shower. And we, like the ladies, pray about everything. We pray for parking spots. We pray for deals at the mall. We pray Nordstrom will bow to the name of Jesus. Come on. 
And can I say, if you don't pray about everything, then you probably won't pray about anything. And yes, I do pray for my football teams. And that's why, I don't know, someone had to be praying for Texas, you know, because they did a little bit better this year. Amen. And so everyone say, pray about everything. And this is what he teaches us to pray. Let's do it out loud. Use your card. Let's pray it out loud together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In the Matthew 6 uh, translation or edition of the Lord's Prayer says, and for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And again, this is, I, I want you to know, this will be the greatest hour that you ever spend. You waste time with God is the greatest hour that you will ever spend. I want to tell you a story about my youngest son. He went to an elite Christian school that cost us more than our mortgage or car payments to go. And the reason why we did that, Texas, hear me, is because then, over 30-something years ago, Jake is going to be 31. He was five, so I guess that's 26 years ago. Um, Washington State had begun to meddle with the education of our children, and they began to introduce sexuality and teaching it from their point of view at the K level in first grade. And even though we didn't have money, we thought, no, uh, I, mass, mass, history's history, but, uh, someone godly is going to teach my children. And so we put him in the school. So Jake's in first grade, and it's dad's day. And I go to the class and they had one young man, true story, his grandfather and father played in the NFL. They were quarterbacks. And he said, my dad's a football guy. My granddad's a football guy. And when I grow up, I'm going to be a football guy. They had a young woman. Her dad was catcher for the Mariners. He also played for the Yankees. And she said, my dad's a baseball guy. Our whole family are into baseball. When I grow up, I'm going to be into baseball. This other young man worked for the small company Microsoft and he said my dad is in Bill Gates his inner circle and he makes a lot of money and when I grow up I'm going to be a Microsoft guy well my Jake he's only five he comes up and that kid's good looking he's after my side no he looks like his mom come on and we're cousins come on and so and I, I kid you not I thought what is he gonna say my dad's a youth pastor and and I kid you not like a champion he stood like this he said my dad is a prayer guy, and he gets up before the sun is up. And when my dad prays, things happen. And when I grow up, I'm going to be a prayer guy. Can I say, I think we need some children to catch prayer that their generation will see the second coming of Jesus Christ, our nation transformed, our world converted. Can you say amen? So I want you to know, in the Lord's Prayer, the first three petitions, they have seven petitions because seven is the number of perfection. We start our prayer and our dialogue with God. Do not start with your problem and do not start 
start with who you are, begin with God. So all prayer begins with praise. Do you see the orange word? It begins with praise, then it goes to power. Can I say there is a power in praise? If you're in prison today, praise your way out of hell. Can you say amen? If you're going through the shadowed valley, do not stop, do not build a condo, do not go uh, water skiing near the lake of fire. We could keep praising your way out of hell and you will experience God's supernatural power. Can you say amen? The next is provision. And we're going to go there. You do not serve El Chipo. You serve El Shaddai and all your needs can be met in Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Turn it over. The next one is people. And I hate this part of the prayer. How many of you love God? I heard one minister say, a pastor goes, I love the ministry. I love the Lord, but I don't like the people. Can I say church is about two things, God and people. And if you don't like uh, people, how can you like God who you can't see when you don't like people who you do see? But I'm from Louisiana. You take my parking spot. I'm a key your car and knife your tire. I need help. Come on. Am I the only one? Don't mess with Texas. Don't act like you're all Baptist and all that. Come on, we need some help to forgive people. Can you say amen? The next one is presence in the, pre there is presence in this church. And without the presence, there is no power. Then the next is priorities and the last is amen. Let's read through the petitions of the card. They're in black. Pick up your card. Let's do it together. Men and women, let's go out loud. When you pray, say, our Father who is in heaven. Go to the next one. Hallowed be your name. Power. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Go to provision. Give us Okay, go to the next one. People, forgive our sins as we forgive others who sin against us. Presence, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Priorities, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. In peace, everyone say amen. Everyone say our Father. Say it again. It's really unique, first time in all scripture that people would be instructed to pray to God as Father. This past three years in our Bible college, I've taught systematic theology for over 30-something years. And uh, but I, I'm still teaching that. I decided, and I've taught Romans, Old Testament, New Testament, I decided that I wanted to do something new. So I began to study, went to college online, the Gospel of John. And they say John is the greatest gospel or book in history ever to be written. And and it starts off, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the Greek, it is, in the beginning was Logos, Logos was with God, Logos was God, verse 14. Logos became incarnate, dwelt among us, we beheld his glory, the glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Many people interpreted that, especially if you are Protestant or Pentecostal, that 
that means the written word. It does not. It means logic. You can see that word logic in logos. And that came around the time in the Greek world from Aristotle and Socrates that the order of the universe, I mean, in the world, in creation, was so immaculate and beyond people's understanding and had an order that they had to have intelligence behind it. Can I say this morning, we are not praying the energy. We are not praying to the universe. I am not bowing to molecules. I am not trying to come a part of the collective universe. No, I am praying to God, my Father. And it's not Father. It's not just omnipotent, almighty, oh, one. No, you come to God like a daddy. Look at your neighbor and say, who's your daddy? Can I tell you, God is my daddy, and I don't care if you had a good daddy and not a good daddy, your dad was absent or he was involved, God is now your dad, and maybe you have been raised alone, Bible says God will be a father to the fatherless, God is our father, and we do not have a spirit of fear to go back into subject of the world, no, my spirit is crying out, dad, help me, can you say amen? Now look at your card, look at Matthew 7. 11. How many of you love 7-11? Come on, a Slim Jim and a Big Gulp. And what does it say in Matthew 7-11? It says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, come on, shout it like a Texas rib right there. How much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask? Can I say right now, a lot of people hate asking God for everyday thing. How can I ask God to give me a parking spot, dummy? Because he says so when there's so many needs in the world no he says ask and keep on asking seek and keep on seeking and yeah knock 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 can I tell you you got to become like a child I didn't say childish I said like a child I have five grandchildren who do you think they come to to ask for money me why because they know I'm a sucker and I'm gonna say yes and my granddaughter, especially Jude, can I have diamond earrings? Jude, can you buy me a doll? Jude, I want an American doll. Jude, I want the stroller. Jude, and it's like, Jude, I, why do you give me so many gifts? Because I love you so much. That's why. Can I tell you, if you do not pray about everything, you probably don't pray about anything. How in the world can we pray for the salvation of Dallas when I can't believe God for a parking spot at the Spurs or the, the Cowboy game? Come on, I want a parking spot. How many women believe for parking spot? Dudes don't. That's why they drive around the mall parking lot, the children of Israel going around the city of Jericho seven times. And on the seventh day and the seventh time, they finally get a parking spot at another mall and you have to walk 10 miles. Come on. Are you with me? Everyone said ask. Now get this one. Look at Psalms 103, 13. As a father. Look, I love this verse. As a father. Say that with me. Say it again. Shout it out. I'll be your personal trainer. Give me one more. Get this. Now the new King James, old King James, old LeBron James says this. As a father pities, I hate that word because it's almost like a Marvel comic. The gods are looking at the pathetic, pitiful human. No, no, no. That Hebrew word, get this, means a deep 
emotional connection. I believe that the church needs to get her soul back. We have a strong spirit, but our soul has become weak. Why? Come on, bless the Lord, oh my soul. As a father, now I like the NIV, has compassion on his children. That Hebrew word, please get this, means a deep emotional connection. Now write this reference. It's not on your card, but you're going to write it on your card. This is Isaiah 49, 15. Can a woman forget her nursing child? Some do, but most don't. And not have compassion on the son of her womb. That's where they get this Hebrew word, a womb connection. Get this next part. Surely they may, they could forget. However, yet I will never forget you. And I want, why? A deep emotional connection. He had two women. They had, uh, each had a baby. One woman rolled over on her baby, switched the babies before the sun came up. They went to the king and the one woman said, that's my baby. The other woman said, no, her baby's ugly. My baby's beautiful. That's my baby. Look at me. King Solomon said, give me a sword. I'll divide the baby in half. It was his first decision as king. And the biological mother said, let the baby live. But listen to what it said. She yearned with compassion. She had a womb connection. Oh, oh, my baby's moved. Her soul in. Can I tell you right now? God has a connection with you before you were born, before you did good, bad, or ugly. God has a soul connection with you. I don't care what's happened to you. Maybe you were abused. Maybe you were neglected. Maybe you were abandoned. Well, that is not our God. Our God is dad. Our God is father, and he has got you. And if the father is for you, then no one can be against you. And your relationship with the father has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the only begotten son, and if the father loves him, he loves you just the same. Can you say amen? amen. Say it again. Amen. amen. So say our father, father. who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Say it again. Hallowed be your name. And look at Proverbs on the card. It says in Proverbs 18, 10, say it with me. How many of you ever sang it? The name of the Lord is? Come on. The name of the Lord is a. You got to flex your guns, man. Come on. The righteous run to, to it. And that you didn't sing this song. I know you did. You're from Texas. Now, can I say, I want you to really get this. A name in the Bible represents three things. Number one, a person's character. Remember Nabal? He was a fool. When his mom saw him, that boy's a fool. She called him fool, Nabal. Then remember, Jesus, it can mean function. You will name him Jesus. Why? He will save. If you need a banker, a teacher, a coach, he's a savior. And that it's a function. Another one is an experience. Remember, Abram was the father of altitude. He was successful. He had an experience in God, and he became Abraham, the father of the multitude. Jacob was a small smooth operator. His brother Esau was the walking carpet at the beach, okay? But Jacob wrestles with God. He has an experience, and his name's called Israel. I am sensing that Pastor Dustin and Jamie in this church, you've been wrestling, and you've been having these God experiences over the last decade. Can I say the most beautiful thing about this card? It is not a monologue, but as you still yourself and listen, you will begin to hear God speak to you and your name will be changed. You don't have to be gossip girl. You don't have to be jacked 
jacked up guy. You could be a new creation in Jesus Christ. And I don't care what they called you. God calls you by another name. Come on. And we serve the name that is above every name. And at the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, every knee's going to bow. Every tongue's going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Can you say amen? Now, when it says, hallowed be your name, it means you value the name. You value the name of Jesus. You can't make it holy. It's already holy. It means that there is no name like this name. Now, let me tell you, if you think this is religious babble, where you like the pagans go, our father, our father, our father, and you think that's going to give you presence and power, it will not. This is a pathway into the interior heart of God. And one morning I was praying that please do not pray it fast. Slow down. Pray it slowly. Madame Guyon says like a bee going into the flower that goes to get the nectar of heaven. You will get things from heaven. And people will say, you are a genius. Say, no, not really. I, I, I just know the genius of all geniuses, the infinite intelligence. His name is Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Say, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let me say this. Uh, about uh, 11 years ago, we had just moved to Ventura. We moved 13 years ago, and bummer. My pastor, Wendell Smith, died three months after we got there of cancer. And I hate cancer. And so one morning, uh, I was praying this card, and, and I had a cup of coffee with me. And this, I want you to consider this. Come on, Jehovah Java, the Lord of coffee. I don't know about you, but I pray better with one cup of coffee. Now, I'm a morning person. My wife's more an evening person. She gets better time with God in the night. To me, I'm tired and I have too much in my head. I, it's good, like when the, my mind's clear and had the cup of coffee and I don't need the card anymore. I, I, I've worn so many of them out. It's in me. And I'm trying to teach you something. I want you to catch this. I was praying and Jamie, I came to this. Hallowed be your name. I was just resting and waiting for the Almighty to converse with me. My wife had a lump on the back of her neck the size of the tip of my finger or a snow pea. I said, Lord, what is that? Hallowed be your name. He spoke to my mind, and if you don't think God speaks, crack your Bible. He's a speaking God. And Tozer said, if we believe God once spoke when scriptures were given to man, holy men of God were moved by the Holy Spirit and they wrote the very oracles of God. Does he not still speak? And so, hallowed be your name. Say that with me. Say it again. And I kid you not. He said lymphoma. Only knew one person who had lymphoma and they died. And I said, this isn't good. But let me tell you what else I said. Where was I in the prayer card, the prayer pattern? Our Father. There is not cancer in heaven. 
Therefore, heaven does not send cancer. There is not diabetes, lupus, autoimmune. There is not d- genetic deformity or brokenness in heaven. Therefore, it cannot come from heaven. And lymphoma is a real word, but there is a name that is higher than any other name, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. And at every name, everything under heaven will bow to that name. Long story short, a year later, they would diagnose, a year and a half later, they diagnosed Becky with follicular indolent lymphoma, incurable. She was in four stages. It was in her lymphatic system, her spleen, 27% of her bone marrow. It was a mantle, not a mass. It was 11 inches in length, five and a half inches in width. It filled her entire peritoneal cavity around the heart, the lungs, the kidneys. It was in her groin, and they gave her one month to live. And I'll never forget my oldest boy coming and saying, Dad, how do you know you've chosen the right plan. Well, guess what the prayer card said? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. And I said, Jude, that's my oldest son's name. I said, I don't know, because we have one oncologist saying, go with this protocol. Another oncologist said, go with that protocol. He said, how do you know? You've chosen the right one. I go, I don't know. How will we know? And I said, Jude, I'm going to do what I always do. I will be up in the morning and I will still myself before our God. And somehow we will know his will. I got up at 3.30. I couldn't sleep. You have someone give your wife a month to live. Men don't wait for such a day to begin to pray. America needs men now to begin to pray. I need men to catch how to pray now, not tomorrow. Not when you face something overwhelming. Too much, too many times women have prayed. I think Texas needs men of Texas to begin to pray. Kid you not, and this is where we're going to have to end. I only have four minutes. Good Lord, I only got to the first one. Come back next one. Kid you not, your kingdom come. Your will be done in this earth. We're made of earth. And I kid you not, the Lord said, by noon, you will know that you chose the right way. I'm leading you, son. All I can tell you, they did two months of treatment before the third month. It was so pervasive throughout her body. They said, we will do a second PET scan. And he said, it will be a miracle if it shrunk only 20%. That would be great. They did a second PET scan and those 24 hours are hell. Are you in hell? You've ever had a situation that it paralyzes your brain and you can't think no matter how smart you are? There is a God in heaven and his will can be done on this earth through us, through prayer. I kid you not, he called. There was not one trace of cancer in Becky's body. It was gone. It had disappeared. It had evaporated. And it's been 11 years she has been cancer-free. And I now have nine other people in my prayer journal. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Honor! Honor! In Jesus' name.
Can you say amen? Say amen. Now, I, I don't even know if I can. Everyone say, Our Father, who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now get this, say, give us this day our daily bread. Notice what it did not say, give me my paycheck. I'm getting with mine. No, no, you ain't getting what's yours. Give us our daily bread. Can I say right now, we helped start a church over 30 something years ago and we sold everything to move to Seattle. We had five young people in that first startup youth group, Wendy, Judah, Smith, Mike, Carla, Christie. All we had left was $1,000 to our name. We had sold a house, we made 10,000 and we had to use it to live. And uh, one morning I'm up praying, I got to this part of the card and the Lord says, give the church that money. I said, Lord, that's all I have. He says, I know, and I'm not asking you to give $1,005. I'm asking you to give the thousand. Well, I thought, I'm outsmart him. I said, Lord, it's not my money. That's Becky's money. And you said the two should be in agreement. You're going to have to talk to her. I will give you her money. I mean, in a second, but we have to be in agreement. Well, God knows how to talk. My wife was praying the same pattern two days later. Baby, God spoke to me. We're to give some extra money. Remember, tithes is that which the Lord says is his. An offering is mine, and I give that to the Lord. And I'm not going to come to the Lord empty-handed. Kid you not, she said, he spoke to me. We're to give money. And she said, you go first. I thought, "Mm mm-mm, that's Satan or an algebra problem. I'm not going there. Took me till fifth grade to get my fractions down. Now they introduce you. There's a train leaving Dallas, another one leaving uh, San Antonio. They're meeting Houston. Use the alphabet. God is not the author of confusion. Come on. When she said a thousand, I knew it. The next day, the Lord said, you see that new house? That'll be your house. We were broke. I was stupid and I was happy. He said, in that detached garage with the office above will become your office and I'll meet you. And you're going to reach the youth of this city and influence the youth of this nation. And it happened in Jesus' name. He's not broke. He has resources. And my God shall supply all your need, not your greed, according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Can you you say amen now let me just tell you flip the card over we're ending please come back the part i hate the most is the next one can't stand it how many of you want to be forgiven i have to be how many of you sinned in the last 36 hours rest of you are probably lying up in hell i need forgiveness day by day i hate the word as You're forgiven as you forgive. Come back. Check that out. How many of you ever had someone hurt you? And you say, God, put them in a timeout. I'm not asking you to break their arm or give them a disease. Just put them in a timeout. Shut them up. One time the Lord said, okay. When I got to this part of the prayer, I'll do it. But the next time you hurt someone and you do and you sin, I'm going to have to forgive you the same way. It doesn't mean you're not forgiven. It means you cannot receive his forgiveness that he paid 2,000 years ago. If your heart is filled with unforgiveness and bitterness, you can only forgive if you have received forgiveness. That's another message, but you got to come back. Double dip. Amen. Stand up. 
I want you to put your hand open and I'd like to address and really we have 60 seconds men put your hands out like this same women throughout church history it seems like women have outprayed us and recently I was in a meeting and this man got up and said my wife outprays me man I know your wife I, I, I love my wife and she prays a lot of shame for outpraying me that's a lie from the devil Who's ever said men don't pray? Jesus is a man, he prayed. Elijah was a man just like us, meaning he'll flatten your tire at the mall, and he prayed. Moses was a man, and he prayed. King David said, I'll give myself to prayer three times a day. Can I say, men, I believe Church 1132 is going to have a men's ministry second to none, and we're going to awaken the men of Texas to know our God is strong, and we're going to take action, and our first action is going to be in prayer daily to change our homes, our family, our church, and our state, and our nation. Can you say amen? So put your hands out. Father, right now, I pray for a spirit of prayer. God, as we go through this pattern, Lord, they're going to have a connection with you that is second to none. You're going to begin to speak this way, then that way. Father, and when you speak, they will have ears to hear, and how quickly will you subdue their enemies. Father, we thank you in the morning, in the noon, and at evening, they will begin to pray, O oh Lord. Even at work or in a truck or at a women's Bible study, we're going to begin to pray without ceasing, O oh Lord. And when there is a need, we'll proclaim heaven's riches can meet it. When there's a brokenness, we will proclaim heaven's medicine can heal it. Where there is darkness, there will be light. Where there's incarceration, there will be liberty. The Spirit of the Lord come upon these people and anoint them to heal, to deliver, to set free in the mighty name of Jesus Christ.